my one-hour comedy special, The Machine, airs on Showtime November 11th at 10 p.m. That's right, everybody. I am very pleased to announce my one-hour comedy special on Showtime, The Machine, airs 11-11 at 10 p.m. So do me a favor. Spread the word, tell your friends, set your DVRs, put it on your post-it at work, tattoo it on your arm, watch it in your machine shirt that you can get at BurtBurtBurt.com, and tell everyone the machine, 11-11 at 10 p.m. Hey guys, brand new podcast, and I'm banging them out leading up to my special November 11th at 10 p.m. on Showtime, The Machine. Once again, please spread the word. Tell your friends. Do whatever you can. Uh, I'm also starting to live stream these on Facebook. Um, I'm going to live stream them in their entirety on Facebook once I figure out how to connect the audio uh, to my Mevo. I got a Mevo that's streaming to Facebook. So if you go to my Facebook page, Bert Kreischer, you can see uh, a build up to the one um, or a teaser of the one I do with Steve-O. I, Steve-O was here early, earlier in the day. I'm going to release that one next week. And, uh, and my two buddies, Jim Norton and Sam Roberts, were here this afternoon. That's a podcast you're about to listen to. Um, there's no real prelogue to this. Tour dates real quick. Uh, one of my tour dates, I had a really good time. I had really good talks today and, and I appreciate all the kind words about the podcast. I see that on Twitter and on, uh, I don't really look at Facebook posts. I'm going to start looking at them more now that I'm live streaming stuff, uh, this weekend. Uh, and I mentioned this, I'm sure on the podcast, I'll be doing Bob and Tom on the third. So tune into Bob and Tom on the third. You can get, they have an app. I think <coughs> if you want to hear it live. Um, I'm going to be throwing myself a birthday party. They don't know that yet, but I'll be throwing myself a birthday party because the third is my birthday. That's right, folks. Uh, the third is my birthday. So I'll be having a surprise party for myself at the Dayton Funny Bone. If you're curious how a surprise party thrown by the person whose birthday it is is had at a comedy club, well, come on out. And don't forget to bring a present. I'll be there until the 5th. I'm in New York on the 6th doing Big J Show, uh, crowd work show on what's your, what's your fucking deal uh, in New York. On the 6th, at the bitter end, I think. Um, 7th, I'll be doing radio and doing a podcast. Doing a lot of podcasts that week. And yes, I'm doing your favorite podcast that week. You know it. That next weekend, the 10th, 11th, and 12th, I'm in Baltimore. I'll be doing Elliot in the morning on the 11th. Um, Elliot's name definitely pops up on this podcast. Nothing but great things ever come out of my mouth about my best friend. Uh, So does Cowhead's name. A lot of radio, Preston and Steve, come up on this podcast. It's a good podcast. And then I'm off the road. I'm home. The week before Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving, I'll be at the store as much as possible those two weeks. Then we go to Tampa, first week of December. Morty's Comedy Joint, second week of December. Fort Lauderdale Improv, third week of December. And Levity Live in Oxnard for New Year's Eve. But my special airs November 11th. The Machine, 11-11 at 10 p.m. 11-11 at 10 p.m. 11-11 at 10 p.m. I was seeing if my buddy Tom Segura called. I was going to see if he could do a call in and promote my special. But I'm doing Tom's podcast, by the way. I'll be on your mom's house. And I will be doing it with a scale in hand. That's right, guys. It's getting fucking real. Today's podcast is brought to you by Mercedes. Uh, The new S-Class is... uh, Whatever. All right. 
Today's podcast is brought to you by me and Showtime and my special. These two guys are normally for newly formed uh, radio show. I uh, newly formed. It's been like a month. So we talk about a little bit about that. We also, if any of you don't know, I've been a big Opie and Anthony fan for a long time. I've always shared my fandom, and we talk about a lot of that stuff. This is a great podcast. These are two of the funnier people I know in the planet. Jim Norton is a guy I started, was a year above me in stand-up, and I've always looked up to. I got my first compliment in stand-up from him. Uh, I've been a fan of him on the radio for probably 15 years and sam roberts was a producer executive producer over at opening anthony and went on to do his own stuff you've heard sam on my podcast three times i think three times i know that he's been on at least twice and i've been on his podcast and uh i saw them this morning when i was over at jason ellis that's right check out jason ellis i'm gonna him and tully i'm gonna bring in uh, new comics and introduce them to the show starting with kevin hart this is a rambling podcast. There's a birthday party waiting for me. I got to go to the front yard. We've got Salsa and Beer, which is my favorite restaurant in LA. If you're ever in LA, go out to Salsa and Beer and uh and uh and bottles of wine and family and children and friends. That's it, guys. I'm in a great fucking mood. I feel fucking amazing. Um without further ado, uh from Sirius XM from the Sam Roberts and Jim show, the Jim and Sam show, the Sam and Jim show. Make sure to check it out airing every morning from 8 to 11 Eastern time. You'll hear we kind of fucked that up. Oh, here's Tommy Buns. Hold on. Hey, I'm recording an intro for my podcast. Do you want to promote anything? Yeah, I got a tour coming up. Oh, I don't. Never mind. We just we just do club dates on this podcast. That's what I'm saying. Do, do them all. Yeah, okay. What's your tour? Where's, is this the No Teeth, No Entrance? Yeah, yeah. Where are you going to be? Uh, I don't know, 29 cities. Just fucking look it up, man. Come on, TomSeguro.com. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let me wrap this up. Hang on one second. All right, all right. Uh, guys, without further ado, my buddies, Jim Norton and Sam Roberts. This is All right, we're recording. I think I'm on this one. You're on this one here. Last piece of candy. Um, God damn it. You've lost so much weight, Jim. I know. I'm a pig. Thank you. No, you really have. You, I'm you eating bad good. now. You know who's also lost weight is Ellis. Jason Ellis. Yeah, he is. He, he had uh, to train for the big Shane Carwin fight. Yeah. Carwin. Oh, is that what it was? Shane yeah. Carwin. He fought Shane Carwin. Who won? With Shane Carwin won. He fought Shane Carwin with one arm tied behind Shane's oh, back. Yeah, I, saw, I saw that. And Shane Carwin knocked him out with one one, one arm. He really unconscious? Yeah, I mean he laid him out. Holy shit! Yeah, that, that's Leanne's doing right there. Is all that fucking candy? Yeah, I'll get rid of it. I'm gonna have to have a little bit. I like almond joys. I had a hundred grand. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I had. I put that in my mouth and spit it out last night. Why? It doesn't do it for me. No? Honestly, best trick-or-treat candy is uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. They're the best. There's nothing better than Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Especially when they give them out in there, those two-packs. Oh. The best. You know, i got to be honest with you. The, the, the ones that are too big are too big. Oh, like the big, thick ones? Yeah. You're, the, awful. <laughs> the worst. Yeah. They figured it out exactly right with the the ratio. Yeah. The original. This is an old O&A thing. There's two in on air. Is that right? Yeah, well, I'm, Sam, I got the gym. You're putting on a lot of calories, dude. <laughs> I, see it, right? I can see because your belly it won't go away, and all that stuff is only going to add to it. You ate a lot of. Ca- Oof, that doesn't look good, dude. It's so funny when I see pictures of you when you were fat. It doesn't even look like you at all anymore. But the belly is still there. 
You know what I mean? I did Bobby's podcast, and Bobby immediately starts talking to me about my drinking. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> immediately. And then we go to a cigar bar, and I've never seen someone eat so panically. He's like, hey, Bobby, uh, do you have a volcano cake? <laughs> and then, we are, yeah, we're on. Yeah. Oh, I'm being funny. I'm sorry. I'm eating. <laughs> And then I just fucking drank a bottle of wine. It was like watched all of our disease just yeah. come out at once. <laughs> and we were with some uh, some. I wish I could remember the guy's name. Is a gay guy, uh, but he does not look. Sam gay. Roberts. <laughs> I'm not a homosexual or a guy. Have you ever thought about it? No, no. Huh. I don't think that you make a choice. You know what I mean? Huh. Like you're just like, no, this is what I'm into. How yeah, many but- times have you sucked a dick? I've never sucked any dicks. Have so you? <laughs> How's uh? So what do you guys got planned for tomorrow? I'm um, taping at midnight. Are and, you really? And we're doing Alice as well. You're doing Alice in the morning. We're doing Alice before our show, and then I think Alice is doing our show after his. God damn it, man! The serious fucking mix-up. Is I love like, Alice. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's so funny because we used to not like each other at all. Well, yeah, I, I we were talking about that today about how Opie Stern. You guys, like, there used to be big beef between everybody. Yeah. And now, yeah. now it's all one happy family. Now all the beef is in Jim's gut. I could keep looking at it. Jim gets disgusted, like, during interviews while we're doing the show. Mid-interview, just, we're literally, we're not even being silly. Like, we're having a real conversation with, like, a celebrity. Yeah. And I'll just look over, and Jim will just look down at his gut and make a disgusted face at it. And I'm like, stay with me here, Jim. <laughs> I'm always with you. I hear everything that's going on, <laughs> but you also... A hundred grand's good? I'll try one. Yeah, I, don't like I don't usually binge on candy. It's caramel, crispies, and chocolates. I don't usually... I don't eat candy ever. I'm so hungry. Really? Yeah. You just had lunch. I know. You're going to get very fat again. I, I am worried about that. I would be. What are the podcasts you guys doing while you're out here? We're doing... We did Greg Fitzsimmons already. Ooh. And you... Ooh. And Corolla. Oh, shit. And Allison Rosen... Nice. And Stone Cold hasn't gotten back to us yet. Have you done the Chive podcast? No. I just did that. I have. It's fun. I like those guys a lot. Yeah? Yeah. And you guys, are you guys sharing a room? No. No. That's an HR issue. Yeah. (laughs) Go back to our individual. I'm sorry I'm chewing. I'll stop eating. No, no. I like like you, Tim. Do you like the 100 grand? Yep. That's quite good, isn't it? You know, there's the only thing is there is a little bit of sugar in it. I know. That's I don't. I can understand though that like like I understand if you eat a quarter pound cheeseburger, yeah, you put on a quarter pound. But I don't understand how a little piece of candy can gain add weight. Yeah, it seems like it should only add the, the mass that it is at yeah. most, right? How would it add extra? How did is how does it expand inside you? It's got to be the sugar that goes in your titties. Doesn't work. Whatever it is. It ain't good. It doesn't it just work for you, right? Does it just slow down your body, you think? I don't know. How big were you when you were at your heaviest? High 170s, maybe 180. How much? How tall are you, 5? I'm about 145 now, yeah. How tall are you, how tall are you though? 5'6", five, 5'7", five, 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 and a half. You're 5'6"? 5'7", closer between 5'6 and a half and 5'7". Really? Yeah, and I don't eat that much candy. So when I do, I eat a lot of it. Obviously. I'm such an addictive person, I can't stop. Yeah, you. Yeah, like that was a... Uh... That was a nice tear. That was a nice run. That was like eight pieces. One more. That Have one like, more. Have one more. <laughs> one more. I will stop and one. Is there any Reese's peanut butter cups in there? Or are they gone? They're gone. Um, 
Maybe have a, a pouch of M&M's. Nah, I had them, but I'm, I'm already sick of them. You I'll tell you what, I'm now. One more hundred grand, I'll be done. Uh, yeah, have well, another hundred grand. I get yeah, sick have of 200 grand. Have, have a couple hundred grand. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like all the caramel. It's not really that bad for you. Oh. Oh, look at him. Look at him munching away. Mm. He's had like, because these are all snack-sized candy, obviously, from Halloween. Yeah. And Jim has now had the equivalent of like five full-size chocolate bars. <laughs> <laughs> As he sat there, we've been here for five minutes. He's just shoveling it down. Will you go to the gym tonight? You should. I can't. I can't do night gyms. I, I can get all my tre- I get all my treadmill with a bottle of wine and watch TV, but I can't go like work out at night. Steve yeah. Byrne used to be able to do that. We'd do the road, and he'd get out. He'd get done the show and come back to the gym and work out. And I'd be like, "For what?" Yeah, I don't work out. Oh, really? Never. Shut up. Never. Get out of here. Never. That's natural. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> <Those> chick legs. <laughs> This bod. Do you feel like I have an insight and talent? Because I've had you on my podcast twice before you made it big with the Sam and Jim show. I feel like you were you were one of the I call it early adopters of Sam Roberts for sure, for sure, for I sure. I listen to the Sam podcast. You ever listen to that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't even listen to him when he talks to me now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bert, and I remember like. Two or th- and probably like three years, maybe even more than three years ago, you and Bobby were doing a podcast together, and like me and Bobby Kelly, yeah, and you like said something about like just out of out of the blue, yeah, just spent like two minutes saying nice things about me, and the only reason I remember because literally like I saved that sec- I put it on my desktop because it was very nice. Well, I, it's so funny is that I you know I know I I think everyone knows this but like <clears throat> I was a huge Opie and Anthony fan like I was. Like I, I was on doing the road and I was driving places. And I used to love listening to the show and I used to love when you'd come in. Yeah, I used to think it was like when they'd have you kind of like run. You do like messages or something, uh-huh. and you'd you'd run a segment. I used to love that. Yes, yeah, because a lot of people. Did you used to do Jocktober? Oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Jocktober was yours, and, that's mine. and it was. I used to giggle. <laughs> my we should ass do that off. again. We were just talking about. It. There's a few people we liked to Jocktober. Maybe. What bri- what bridges did you burn in radio that that ir- are irreparable? None. Uh, I just did Preston and Steve in Philly for the first time. They were people that we had beef with, I guess, at one point. I've done Lex and Terry. We had beef with those guys at one point. We're fine now. Um, Don and Mike broke up, but Mike, I think, still has a show. But but that was before October. Yeah. Elliot won't have me on a show in D.C. because we fought with him. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, Brother Weez probably wouldn't have me on now because Opie and I fell out. But I wouldn't say that was a burned bridge. That was just, that's where his loyalty is, understandably. Uh, I burned that bridge on purpose. Which one, Brother Weez? Yeah. What happened with Weez? I've always liked him very much. <clears throat> I didn't like him. How come? Eh, leave it at that. What happened? Okay. <laughs> we, no, I, we gotta know what happened. No, you, we're doing a, we were doing a press tour, and uh, I was doing it for Travel Channel. I kind of just assumed everyone, I don't know, there's like satellite press tours. I kind of assume everyone's like, you know, tell me about the show. And so I get on the thing, and I'm like, and I and I know Brother Weeze from the show, so I'm like, hey man, I'm really excited to be calling in, like, uh, like before the interview starts. I'm just me and him. Uh-huh. <clears throat> I said I'm really excited. I'm a big O and A fan. I know you and Opie are, are are you know good friends, are tight. So this is a real honor, man. I thank you for having me on. He's like, sure, can't wait to have you on. And then he gets on, and he's like, so, uh, Bert, we're gonna take a caller real quick. And I was like, what? He's like, we got a caller. And I was like, okay. And then this guy's like, why are you such a cunt to Jay Moore? 
or we didn't say that, but why are you such an asshole? Just why you- immediately? Yeah, just immediately. And this is the first thing I said. And I was like, well, I'm not. And then I was like, I'm not going to defend myself on this satellite media tour. Right. And then I was like, I'm not. And then he goes, we're going to take another caller. And he's like, you screwed over Jay Moore. And I was like, and in my head, I'm like, I didn't. You felt I'm- like you were ambushed. I was definitely ambushed. And I went, oh, that sucks. You're a human piece of shit, Brother Weez. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, hey, I think this interview's over. I, I- And then he's like, he's like, Bert, I didn't see these calls coming. And I'm like, that's right. You may be 80 years old and brand new to this. Right. I'm not fucking... And I just was like, I'll never talk to Brother Weeze again. And they've had him on the satellite to press. I always go take him off. Well, I'm surprised to hear that. Okay. I, I never... Uh, my, my interactions with him have always been very good. I mean, I, but I came in knowing Opie, so maybe he was just yeah. nice to me. I don't know. He was nice to you. And I, and I you know... But I've never heard you have a problem radio. with anybody. Radio is radio. I've never heard you... Have a bad word to say about anybody like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't say much. I don't. I don't have bad words to say about many people, but that really, it really kind of hurt my feelings because I was like, I don't know. When you come at it from the, f- I always came at everything in this business from a fan. Like, yeah. I, like when I first got into stand up and I'd sit at the in the back of the Boston, I didn't look at you as like when you go up. I didn't look at you as like that's a peer right there. I was like, wow, he's doing this. I want to do this. Right. And I and then when I remember the first compliment you ever gave me. Uh, and I came up, well, I don't know if it was a compliment per se, but it was like a Jim Norton compliment. And he, I got off stage, I was about to go on stage. You're like, uh, you're not going to do that, uh, that horse shit bird, bird, bird joke, are you? And I was like, I am. And you're like, eh. and I was like, <laughs> yeah. and I was like oh, good. He, he's yeah, treating me like a regular. Make, I was trying to make it funny. Yeah. yeah, he was treating me like a friend. I, just, I was just yeah. saying that as I walked back. Yeah. I was going, Bert, Bert, yeah. hey, Bert, <laughs> how are you, Bert? But, uh, and so, so when, as I think as you get older in this business, you look at like, do you guys hear that? <laughs> Do you hear yeah, the we fucking hear chickens? It. We all hear it, Chip. Um, but yeah, and so like, I, even when you guys got together, I told you this, Sam, I think. I was like, sometimes I feel like Jim's doing the show for you. Yeah, you were saying that... Uh, well, he was about to be drummed out of the business. Is that what you mean? Are <laughs> <laughs> you saving me? Someone's, oh, someone's laying a fucking egg right now. That's what that is. Oh, you, I remember, shut, will you shut that door for me, Sam? No, yeah. Hold on, hold on. You said, he's been doing chip videos. Kid. <laughs> he's he's out there yelling at the chickens as chip. Before they really they really stop talking. Well yeah, everybody does around chip. Yeah. He's the least welcoming presence at we we pass by a parking lot. Yeah. With a big letter P in front of it, you know, like to m- mention parking. Yeah. And Chip just stood there yelling Pecos. Yeah, it really is at humiliating. The, at the my face is attached to this asshole fucking character. <laughs> humiliating. All right, cool. No, but you had said uh, you had said Jim was doing the. I think you told me you thought Jim was doing the show for me for that. I, it wasn't really a huge long. It was probably a year when it was me. Jim and Jim Opie. Opie, yeah, it was just Opie and Jim, and I was in there, and you felt like Jim, and I think he was at points. It was. It was I got to be honest with you. I listened to the episode where Jim and Opie had their fight, and uh, it was cathartic almost to hear what I kind of assumed I could hear. Yeah, I was like, I was like, I'm glad this is happening. The only thing I love Esther Koo, but she was trying to be nuts. That <laughs> She's like, yeah. is this a bit? And I'm like, Esther, just. But then at one point, she, it got so bizarre that she was actually hilarious. Yeah. She was like, this is this is good that this is happening. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, she's painfully honest. Um, yeah. And uh, it was uh, definitely good that it happened. It felt good in, in the sense that, you know, I'm, I'm not afraid of uncomfortable moments. They don't bother me that much. Oh, they are do you like they confrontation? Are. It's not that I like confrontation. And I have to be very angry to really, 
Like, you know, I don't, I'm not a bully. Like, I don't like to pick on things small. Like, if I argue with somebody, I want them to be a, a fucking good person. Like, you know, the guys I fought with in studio were Jericho and Jesse Ventura. I mean, yeah. it was just, they were legit arguments, but they're both guys that could have fucking murdered me. I don't like picking on easy targets, like, just to be a dick. Mm-hmm. And Opie's not an easy target. I mean, he was no. my co-host, and he had position <clears throat> of power over me, so it felt okay to argue with him. Um, and we had been build, building towards that for a long time, I'm it sure. Was, it was really interesting. Um, this, we had I, different ideas of what funny is. You know, um, he he likes what he likes, and I am who I am and like what I like. And we respond to different things. And maybe when you have a family and you have kids, certain you, your sensibilities may change. I can't – I don't know that because I'm, I'm not in that position. Yeah. I can only speak from my point of view. Um, and uh, anytime if I don't feel free to be as funny as I want to be in the way I want to be, then I resent the other person. And again, he probably feels the same way. That's interesting. Yeah. Did you – <clears throat> it's uh oh this whole entire I guess it's been was it two years since Ant left? Yeah, uh, July July fourth of twenty fourteen is when the whole thing went down. It's been so fucking fascinating. Man, I, I, it ha- it had to happen at some point because I, I know that. I, mean, I remember going in and doing radio and like and doing radio with you guys. It was like a dream to me. Like I told you this. I've, yeah, I've, and we talked about this. I think I ended up taking it out of the po- podcast. But I walked in and I was like, "Fuck yeah, man! Finally, I get to do Opie and Anthony." And like we do a bit, and then I was like, "Yeah," and then everyone just got up and left, <laughs> sitting in there by myself. And yeah. I was like, "Huh." <laughs> it was a fun show to do. Towards the end, it wasn't as fun. I mean, there was so much tension um, and uncomfortability on the air that couldn't be picked up by listeners um, in the studio. But you know, I hated to see it end the way it ended. But we all knew it would sooner or later. You know, the fact that we went as far as we did. No one thought that volatile show would make it a decade. I know I didn't think so. Good God. I mean, there was like... We almost blew it in the beginning. I mean, I think you... Sam, were you there when when that band came in and I fucked that girl in what became Ron and Fez's office and she was half naked, carried out on 57? We were on for maybe a month. That was like November of 04 and we almost blew it. Yeah, not yet. What happened? What happened? It was just this... we, We had a couple of girls come in and they were drunk and I fucked one of them. Um, and then this is, you know, 10 in the morning and then the other one was half naked and there was a band with her and she walked out half naked on the 57th street and the police showed up. Oh, I heard about this. It was a month and Ralphie May was a guest and, uh, yeah. we almost blew it then. Oh, I, mean, I have heard about this cause I remember when Ralphie called in, that was an uncomfortable episode when yeah, Ralphie I called always, in. I, that was one thing, um, I felt bad about cause I, I never badmouthed Ralphie. I always liked Ralphie. I still like him. And uh, I don't know why Ant didn't. Ant got pissed at him for some reason, or didn't, you know. But um, you know, that's. I would never tell Ant who to like or how to respond to somebody. That's not my place to do that. Yeah, he's, a, you know. But uh, I did always you felt feel like that. Did you feel like that? Like like uh, when when Mencia would come in. I, I use Mencia as an example because I know you guys were so Rogan, so pro Rogan. Yeah, but Mencia, I always liked Carlo as a person. Yeah, and, and um, but and he did talk about it, you know. Um. But I don't pick sides like that. Like, if I like both guys, I'm much closer to Joe. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, Mencia was a guest. He was just coming in. I mean, you have on who you have on. But I, I liked him. As long as it wasn't a tremendous thing where some... I wouldn't want to have somebody on who damaged one of my friends. Like, Mencia didn't damage Joe. Uh, Joe hurt him. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, Joe, yeah. I it, see it was, like, saying. weird. If somebody fucked over one of my friends, it would be a different... I would not want to have them on. Um, You know... It's interesting. Yeah, I'm weird with guests, man. Like, You've been super fucking loyal to Amy. Yes. I mean, that like, like, 
to like you, I mean I would say if she's made one good friend in, the, in this business you were you were fucking a ride or die motherfucker for her yeah but you know it's funny with Amy somebody just asked me about this recently in DM I would not have defended her in that joke theft if I didn't believe her and I really wouldn't have because I got nothing out of it I got yeah. a lot of my fans very mad at me and I know how happy they would have been if I trashed her yeah um, it would have. But, it would have gone if you had trashed her. It would have. It probably would have helped your career. I don't know if it would have helped or hurt, but I really spoke to her, and I knew how she felt about Patrice, and I knew how Patrice felt about her, and I also know how all of us responded to Amy for a long time, and she toured with me. It wasn't like she's my new celebrity friend. I was yeah. friends with her. Long before she was famous, you know, I brought her on a radio, uh, you know, and I took her on Fox and Friends one time. I was allowed to, and again, you know, she's the biggest star in the world now, and it's because of who she is. But it wasn't like I was jumping on some Amy bandwagon. I knew her; she's an older friend. Yeah. Uh, but Colin also defended her, and a lot of comedians came out and defended her, um, and, and didn't say the people who trashed her. Hey, look, that's cool that they felt comfortable doing that. That's fine. But it wasn't like it was just me against everybody. There's a lot of comedians that stuck up for her. I just happened to do the interview because she asked me to. Yeah. Did you? What did you think of this? The latest one, uh, problem she got into with the cultural appropriation. <clears throat> it's such nonsense. It's shit. <clears throat> it's fucking politically correct shit. And the fact that they're coming after her for that. Look, that's what happens when you get really famous. They went after Louis for his Sarah Palin tweets. I thought that was shit. Yeah. They just go after you. Um, Amy's mistake, and, and I think that Amy talked once about, look, I'm not perfect. I've made mistakes. I'm newly famous. Was that when she, you know, it's like all of a sudden you're doing well, and then the next thing you know, Hillary Clinton knows your name. And the president of the United States knows your name and quotes you. or like, And then we, we, I think that she kind of, in a way, said like, oh, I think, uh, and I'm going by quotes I've heard of it. I haven't actually heard the interview, but enough people have said it, where she was like, ah, oh, that was just a character I was playing or something. I think that she was indicating that earlier jokes weren't really her. And I think a lot of people got mad at that. That's what I'm taking from it. I should probably fucking hear that. No, I, so I, I know. I, I know the I know the jokes, and I know the time in her career, and I know what what she said was accurate. Is that that was the time? I was me trying to figure out my fucking voice, and I, there were jokes, and it's not what I do now. But that's what I that's what I did at the time. I think what happened was, <clears throat> and, and I would have said that both of those things can exist together. Yeah. Because um, Amy, to me, again, when you know somebody, she's the same person now that I always knew. She's a lot richer, but you literally, she walks into the cellar. Other people react to her differently, but she doesn't respond any differently to the comics. None. There's no difference. I a funny story. You know, Keith had a stroke, and he's been walking around with a cane. At one point, now he's not. But Amy went to hand him his cane, and when he went to take it, she just let it drop on the floor. So it was such a shitty friend thing to do. Yeah. But it's exactly what she would have done three years ago. So, um, you know, my loyalty to her, and people say, well, you, you coattail riding. It, not only has it not helped my career, I got cut out of train wreck. I'm not in the new movie. I did one sketch last year. It did not, it's, it's not about the career. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It has nothing to do with me. Furthering things, it's not going to help me further things at all. Yeah, I never, I never looked at. Uh, I, I, I talked to someone a while, a long time ago, who said, you know, you think she would have put me in something, and I was like, no, that's not why you were ever friends with someone. Like, I never, I never, I remember, ta- I remember talking to Bobby one night, <clears throat> and I was like, it was, I was, I mean, not to go back to Opie and Anthony, but I was like, man, I really want to be on Opie and Anthony. Like, how would I do that? And he was like, he's like, dude, you just got to fucking wait. 
And he was like, I mean, he's like, you know, if you bump into Jimmy, I go, I'd never do that. I would never put someone in that situation to be like, hey, man, I really want to do something. Can you get, like, get me on it? You know, there's, it's, I look at it like if someone wants me to do something, I will totally do it. But I'm never, like, I'd never want, I'd never, exp- I'd never want to bump into Amy and have her feel like, oh, that's, like, she was supposed to do my podcast one time. And, but I would ask anyone to do my podcast. Sure. And then she just texted me when she was like, is there any chance we could, ju- we could just go on a hike? And I was like, hey, if you are fucking wiped out from whatever you're doing, you don't have to do anything with me. Like, do whatever you want to do. That's what the friend I want to be to you. You do whatever you want to do. And she was like, thank you. And I was like, don't mention it. That's But that's to expect something out of someone is fucking asinine. I always like, I don't expect things out of people. But, you know, it's like, and again, I've talked about this with, with comedians too. Like, over the, the 10 years I've been on the radio and more, I've I've really tried to. The only time I get mad at a comic is because I very rarely will ask for help promoting something. And if I ask for it, and if they're kind of dickish about it, then I get mad. It's like I've been fucking helping comics promote for uh, ten years, yeah. And I've always brought in new comedians, and I've always wanted comics on. So it's like I'm not asking a guy to put me in your shit. That's that, that's crazy. But if I ask a guy to help promote, um, <laughs> and they're kind of dickish about that, I don't forget that. Oh, I'm only, there's, there's I only I only ask I really close friends to help me. Like, you know, but you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, hey, I've, you've done Opie and Anthony fucking 60 times. Do you think I could, uh, you know, if my manager reaches out, can we do this? And then they don't call back. Like, uh, you know, I have no issue with Jay Moore. He's been a friend for a long time. But the last time I was out, we were going to work something out. He goes, all right, I'll get back to you at the time. And he just never texted me back. And it was like, that's your prerogative. Um, but I took it kind of personally. It's like, I know you a long time, dude. If you couldn't do it, just say you couldn't do it. Like it's okay, but or you know, don't tell me you're gonna get back to me and just not then kind of leave me hanging. Like, you know. No, I know what you're saying. I, I my special comes out November 11th at 10 p.m. on Showtime. I'm sure we guys are all have that in your calendars. But um, I know. <clears throat> but I would. Uh, I've only asked. I've only asked like five people to help me out, and it's just my my friends like Rogan, Segura, Joey, Ari. Like I just leave it at the guys that I know. <laughs> If they say no, my feelings won't be hurt. But all your friends will help you promote naturally. All your friends will want to help you. Because I've gotten enough uh, enough texts from friends, like whether it's Amy or other people who have said, hey, could you tweet this out tonight? It's the season premiere. And it's almost like they're asking the way a friend would ask another friend. It's not shameful to ask one of your friends to do. Like, I would never hesitate to ask stupid Bob Kelly, and he would never hesitate to ask me. Yeah. Like, Voss texted me the other day, hey, could you tweet this CD link? Of course. Yeah. Or Colin, or you know, it's like we're friends. That's you know, you, I never. It's never a burden when your friends ask you or you ask them. It never should feel that way. Oh, but okay, but what about this? And by the way, I don't. I doubt Amy will hear this, but I. But I'm not shitting on Amy. But I'm saying out loud. When my book came out, I texted Amy. I was like, "Hey, would you mind tweeting out a link for my book?" She was like, "No problem. Of course, I got your back. I love you." And then she just retweeted my tweet. I was like, "No, that's not what I was looking for." <laughs> oh, okay. I, was like, I wanted a personal tweet from you. I wanted, but then you're like, you got to be like. Like, oh, no, thank you. I appreciate it. That's still going out to a million more people than I could have gotten it to. But sure. a million people are like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. You also go through things with people who, you're, who are famous. <laughs> like where – and you have to be aware of where you are in the business. Like there's guys I know a long time who have done a few things that have annoyed me a little bit or they're no longer accessible. Hey, man, you know, there's people who I'm no longer accessible to who I've passed on the ladder. So you also have to understand that's a part of it. Yeah. That you know, sometimes it's not personal. Um, so there's a lot of guys that are like really famous who I know. Um, but are we friends? Not really anymore. 
Yeah. Uh, but it's not aggressive or nasty. I would hug them when I saw them because I like them. But we're not friends because friends behave a certain way. Yeah, that's a that's a, goes back to my one of my favorite Patrice moments in my life was when I said to him when we were in Scotland. I said, "I'm so glad we got to become friends." He's like, "He's like, we're not friends." <laughs> was, I was like, "What?" And he was like, "We're not. Fr- what are you?" He's like, "You think if I pull if I fly into L.A., are you gonna come pick me up at the airport?" And I was like, "No." <laughs> he was like, "Exactly. We're not friends. We work together." <laughs> I was like, "Oh yeah, good point." First of all, well then by that shit logic, Patrice had zero friends because there's <laughs> nobody he would have picked up from the airport. Yeah. Oh, I was telling you I listened to that uh, that memorial, Opie and Anthony, when the day he died. Still, maybe the best radio I've ever heard in my life. Just so everybody in, yeah. Colin, Attell, Keith, myself, and Bobby. I think. Boy, Patrice, what a shitty group to be memorialized by. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I listened to it. Uh, live, I guess he died. Frosty called me and told me. Yeah, and uh, I was getting dog food for Priscilla and our dog. And uh, I hope. And <laughs> <laughs> who's that? Sir, my, my grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and uh, and I started listening to it on the air, and I was like, and I just, I remember my wife being in the car with me and was like, "What is it?" And I was just like, I got, got misty eyed and like started crying a little bit. And I was like. And then and then I was, she, I said, oh, Patrice passed away. And she's like, oh, my God, are you going to go to the funeral? I was like, no fucking way. She was like, why? And I go, if Patrice happens to rise from the dead at his own funeral and he sees me at his funeral, he will make fun of me for 30 fucking minutes <laughs> for spending $900 to go to his funeral. But, uh, yeah, he's uh, – that was uh, – but that's the truth is like what a, fr- what a friend is versus just a regular working relationship. Yeah. He was, but he he was towards the end. He was very regretful, I think, of certain things, and he did care what people thought of him. He did care uh, about where's his place in the business. And I remember we talked about feeling irrelevant, and he was just like, "Man, I feel irrelevant. I don't feel relevant at all." And we just had a discussion about that. You know, when you get close to forty, you pass forty, you, your perspective changes. I mean, even John Lennon, they found this audio interview of him at forty felt differently than he did at 20. He realized he was a lot more of the problem. And it was fun to watch Patrice kind of realize that, like, man, I've done these things that I probably should have done better or different, you know. So he would have been a different guy, I think, had he lived than a lot of people remembered. I mean, in a good way, not in a bad way, in a very good way. Did you? What was your relationship with Patrice, Sam? Because you're also black. Well, racially. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my favorite things that Patrice – like in the last like year or so of his life, actually decided to start like acknowledging me, talking to me, asking my opinion on things. Whereas like literally, I mean, it had been years of sort of like because that's what Patrice would do. Yeah. But my favorite, the last summer that he was alive, we were all at Aunt's house, and he was barbecuing. And years before that, like probably four years or so before that, he had met Jess, my wife, at one of the traveling virus tours. And Jess was like, we left. And Jess was like, everybody's so nice except Patrice is such a fucking asshole. And I was like, why? He's the best. He's my favorite. And Jess was like, he didn't even acknowledge me. He didn't look at me. He didn't, I, you introduced me and he wouldn't look at me and blah, blah, blah. I was like, well, that's just Patrice. And, you know, he does that sometimes. Yeah. And lots of people have girlfriends. He doesn't want to get to know everybody, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And so years later, Patrice and I have a much closer relationship than we had then and so he's barbecuing and i was giving him the out i walked out i was like oh patrice i don't know have you met jess before and patrice didn't take the out he goes oh yeah we met before 
I, I, and he said, see, he acknowledged yeah. something about like, uh, he was like, I think I was an asshole before, but you're cool. <laughs> or so like, like yeah, he, yeah. he decided like, <clears throat> you know, you've been around for years enough. Yeah. I'm going to acknowledge you now. Yeah. And everybody felt better. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. He, we went, we went out, he did, uh, he did, uh, um, he did a Showtime taping, and, uh, and I was on a TV show, and I had fucking tons of money at the, to what I thought was tons of money. And so I filled up my Navigator or whatever truck I had at the time with everyone I knew. I mean, I packed it out, and I was like, we're going to go see my favorite fucking comic to watch live. And we all drove out, and Patrice was staying at like a Hilton Garden Inn, or, or a, uh, it was NBC Suites. And we were at the taping, and I came up to him afterwards, and I said, hey, buddy, and he was like, what did you come out here for? I said, we came out to watch you. Of course, I told Gary Goldman we came out to watch him too. <laughs> but I, but we ended up, and he was like, what? And I said, yeah, I brought all these people. And he was like so moved. And then we all went back to the embassy suites where they were doing like a rap party. And we sat and drank. And I remember Patrice was just sitting there like kind of a shocked. Yeah. But I, but I, I mean, did you like, did you think, did you think he was that good when we were just doing stand up in New York? You know, you, you knew he was that funny, uh, but again, as a guy, he was such a funny guy. Yeah. Like, hanging out with him, I mean, <clears throat> he really left. So, yeah. You had an opportunity. You, I always say, like, like uh, the the guys who were, it's that, whatever that Malcolm Gladwell book, <laughs> the guys who went out to Silicon Valley and went to high school where the computers just happened to be and learned how to do computers. I did not get what, and I, and I grew, and I grew up in this business in the New York scene but I didn't get what you guys got was that that the seller table. And that's now I, th- I guess it's gone. Yeah, I mean it is. I mean Patrice is dead, Geraldo's dead, Manny Dwarman. Manny Dwarman was a very big part of that. The owner of the comedy seller. No, his son is great too. He loves comedy, he loves comedians. But Manny was a funny <laughs> mother. Did you ever meet Manny? Yeah, Manny. I oh, passed, you knew him, okay. I passed to the seller. Uh I did one spot. I was sitting with Marin. Marin gave me like a, said to Manny, like He's good. I went right. to the spot. I was taping uh, Never Mind the Buzzcocks, which was Marion's show the I next mean, I day. I did that once. Yeah, I did it with Coolio and, and the lady who from Berlin. Take my breath away. <laughs> I had the, my funniest line on that show. We were looking at Loverboy. They, you remember they'd line up three three men. One of them was a celebrity. One one of them was uh, like the lead singer of Loverboy. His name was Mike, I think. Mike something. Mike. Brad Gillis was the guitarist. Was he really? From, yeah. His, his name was like Mike. Mike fucking Mike Young whatever okay so they line the three guys up and they kind of like stare off in the distance and you tried to grill them to find out who the celebrity was which one was the lead singer lover boy and our, my team was all panicked and I go guys I can figure this really easy and I just went hey Mike and one guy turned his head <laughs> <laughs> like, and that's funny yeah and but uh yeah Manny passed me he's like call in your veils to SD uh you can start working here and I was so fucking heartbroken and I said to him I go Manny if this had been a year ago, I would live in New York for the rest of my life. But I live in L.A. now. I go, I'll never be able to call my veils in. I go, this... Like, in my head, I was like, do I fucking move from L.A. back to New York? Because I got passed at the cellar. And, but I was like, I had a job at a TV show. So, um, But that's, that, that, that's all my only in remembrance of Manny is that one night. Yeah, he was such a funny motherfucker. He was a big part of that table, too. Really? Yeah, and him and, him and Patrice had a falling out. Uh, towards the end, me and Manny had one argument. We went. I, went, I left the cellar for forty days, and I finally came back because I'm like I missed him and I missed SD and I missed all of them. I'm glad I did too. Uh, at the time, he might have had a brain tumor, so he might have been a little short tempered. That happens with a brain tumor. Um, so towards the end, he was a little jumpier, 
Um, but he was still funny. Are you I still mean, doing nightly spots at the cellar? Not nightly, but I do them a lot when I'm in town. I'll take off like a, usually a Sunday or something. Hold on, you're, hang on. What you're? I like this. This is going to blow my mind. You're telling me there are nights you don't do stand up. Occasionally Sundays I take off. Yeah, I have to because I'm doing radio early in the morning. When did you start? Oh, taking years off? ago. Are years you ago because yeah, it was too much and it was like. I go on dates now. I, I try to live more because it was like I just you just start feeding on yourself and I have nothing to talk about. You're the you're the reason I feel guilty about not going to the store because I go because I remember I remember one time you were saying like you were you gave up like di- like anniversaries. To oh yeah, spots. everything. Everything gave up. But after a while, it's like I'm an established act, and I noticed that like sometimes if I don't go on for a night or two, it's it's after all these years, it's refreshing. To have a night or two of breathing, and you're confident enough to know I cannot do stand up for a week or two weeks. I mean, I don't take that kind of time, but I mean, I, I'm still a funny comic. Um, I can go two weeks without headlining a show, and I can still go on and headline a show. You know what I mean? Like, and then sometimes it feels one of the problems is that you start to get where you're fucking, you, you just start, to, it feels automatic and it doesn't feel alive anymore. Yeah. So then you go up and fucking take a break and you have to fish for it for a half a second and, and it feels alive again. So there's actually, there's a tactical reason for it too. It feels better. You get stuck in a, in a roteness of it, especially when, when you do the road. There's, uh, from my opinion, and I say I do more road stuff than city stuff just because I, just because that's my schedule, um, is you get into a place where it's like, oh, this joke goes after this joke. Right. This joke goes after this joke. And then you're like, well, fuck, where's the fun, the dancing in it? Right, there's a no little dance, bit. yeah. Um, do you ever think you should have started stand-up, Sam? I used to when I was younger. I don't anymore. Uh, but when I was younger and 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 didn't know exactly what was going to happen with radio and all that stuff, like I was because I was looking around, especially once the podcast explosion happened, and I was like, fuck, like all yeah. the podcasters are comics. And I was like, if I was a comic and I put in some years doing that, then I would probably have an audience from that, and then I could do a podcast and blah, blah, blah. But that was also during a period where, like, I was just trying to figure out what was going to work and I didn't have the confidence in just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. So I was still thinking, like, what, what am I not doing that I should? And then, and at that point, I was like, ah. Oh, I probably should have started comedy. Maybe I should have done comedy, but not anymore now. I mean, I think I'm pretty well suited where I am, and and maybe because I'm 33, it'd be weird to start comedy now, and I don't I don't have that desire necessarily. Did you ever think what a crapshoot your occupation is? Like yeah. How, how I mean, there's what is it? What are the odds? Like one in one in how many guys came through as producers on O and A and went on to do radio? All of them. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, I mean, one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, none. Who, who's there been? There, there was, was Rick Delgado. Rick was the old one at the. Uh, oh, I was by the. Uh, not to interrupt, but Steve C. Yes. Uh, that picture you tweeted about the bear. Oh yeah, that was at the Borgata. The video. The, no, Connecticut. I think not Borgata. Borgata uh, did not have Sun? It. Maybe because I saw that bear as I saw that tweet. Isn't that fucking crazy? Oh he, wow! Was he Foundry Music? Yeah. Yes. Are we am I on camera or no? <laughs> no, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I was gonna I put it on so that we could all be on camera. Bob Kelly has one of those. I know. I fucking. He's the reason I got this. It's good. Uh, we'll see in a second. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's pretty fucking amazing. The arm you got there. Oh, Bert, you're so good at that. Um, yeah, there was Rick Delgado at NEW. And then ben. Um, ben Sparks was the early days of uh, XM. XM. And then after Ben was uh, fired, it was uh, Steve. 
Steve C. After Steve C. Was, Travis. Was it Travis? That's right. And then it was you. Was you ever? Did you ever officially produce or no? Yeah, yeah, I was the executive producer. You were. As you were? Yeah, under Tim Sabian. We also had Stunt Brain. He was the K Rock executive. K Rock exec producer. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, and a good guy. Yeah. But I think it also, you know, that's why I just was doing shows and I was doing that podcast by myself for a long time. About cats? Yeah, whatever cats, whatever. Just because I wanted to do it and I wanted to learn the exercise of it and get the practice in and do all that. I was doing a podcast for a while. It was not very good. Talking by yourself on a, on a podcast or on a radio show by yourself is one of the most difficult fucking things in the world. Yeah, that's why like I was to, like, let yeah. me just do an hour a week. And I just like, put it out, and I'd get like whatever two thousand downloads or something. It wouldn't be anything, but but it'd be like it'd be the exercise of it, and then doing the wrestling <laughs> podcast, and then everything else. But uh, but yeah, no, that's why I started calling myself the last professional broadcaster. Yeah, because then it meant something. Then I was like, I was like, no, you used to be able to just be a broadcaster without having to be a comedian or a musician or an actor who's also got a podcast. Like you could just host shows and be a broadcaster. Did you ever think about starting a podcast? I'm not allowed to contractually. Of course, I wanted to this time. But Sam and I are going to be able to have one for the show. And I also do UFC Unfiltered with Matt. Oh, that's right. What am I talking about? Yeah, so, I'm yeah. to that. So I, I do have that outlet. And it's almost like I don't think there's a big call for a Jim Norton podcast. As long as we're doing the show? Yeah, we're yeah. doing the show. Jim and Sam show podcast. Matt, F- F- Sarah, I'm on Ozzy's Bone. Like, there's a lot of me. And I, I'm always around... So I think that, you know, you don't want to be overkill. People can get what they need. Unless the podcast would have had such a unique angle that something that Sam wouldn't want to talk about. or You know, I couldn't think of anything that was so chronically unique to what I wanted to do that I need my own fucking podcast. But when we were talking about doing this, when we were talking about doing the show together, one of the things that we How both... How did this come up? How did pillow talk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, after I took the pillow out of my mouth, I started talking about it. It's true. <laughs> oh, look at you guys. Look at all the comedy duo. That's right. <laughs> Um, I was approached first by the company, yeah. Um, who had already talked to Jim, because I really didn't know. I knew Jim and Opie were going to separate, but if honestly, I thought, and I think Jim thought this too, he was just going to leave. You know, really? I was in, in the very, very beginning, right? Like when you first started going on the air and saying, "Well, I'll just not be here in October." Your intention was quite possibly to just leave, to, the or do my, or do my own thing, right? I just knew that we weren't going to work together anymore. And I said to my agent, I'm like, look, this company doesn't give a fuck about me. They care about Opie. Do you really think they don't give a fuck about me? I did, yeah, absolutely. At the time, you thought. I'm like, I'm going to leave. And he goes, Jim, that's just not true. They care about Opie, but they also care about you. And then he told me about this research they had done that showed I was equally (laughs) popular. Um, They wouldn't give me numbers or whatever, but they actually really wanted me to stay, which I was very surprised at. So I started meeting with Andrew Moss and Scott, and they sat me down. And again, they didn't say I could do whatever I wanted. They didn't. They said, in an ideal situation, if you're not working with Opie, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I mean, I mentioned Sam. Um, I said I would want Travis involved somehow. Um, I didn't think you'd want to leave it. I thought Sam was going to do his own show and not want to do it. I thought he may even team up with Opie. I just didn't know. Um, And that that was how the ball got rolling on it. Uh, and I said I, I didn't think they were going to give us a morning show I said no. I don't want to be on Opie's channel anymore I was mad at him um, it, wasn't, it wasn't like I'm going to show him It was simply He's going to do his thing And the company will take care of him I don't think they're going to take care of me So let me just do my own thing on another channel 
I'm like, I don't care if we're up against each other. I don't give a fuck. It doesn't matter to me. I just want to do my own thing. Um, and they're like, well, we want you guys together on the same team. Whatever. You know, they had that strategy. And, um, you know. But we, we didn't have any thought of doing the morning show. It wasn't even. I mean, we, we always said we would, but it wasn't at all pitched to us. Because, yes, I, I went to. After they talked to Jim and he mentioned my name, I guess they came to me. And I was having a pr- pretty good run just doing my um, Jim passed gas. That's one of the one of the wonderful things that accompany us every morning now. Just such a great inclusion. It won't stink. I was having a pretty yeah, well. I was having a, a a pretty good run doing the night show, you know? And I was having fun doing it and it was growing and it was had a fan base and it was good. But you know, there's not that many people I would do a show with full time, but like Jim would be one of them, you know? And so when that came to me, I was like, oh, that's really interesting. And so I talked to Jim about it and I was like, you know, I get, I was like, look, I was like, let's think about it. I said, if you want to do a show where we're partners, I would do that. It's like, but if you want to do a show where it's just you by yourself, I was like, I understand because that's what I did. If, Did you think about doing one by yourself? Sure, but at the bottom line, he, Sam didn't want to be just forgotten in the Jim Norton show, and I didn't want to be incorporated into the Sam Roberts. Like right. it had to be something different. Oh, I see what you're saying. Which yeah, was yeah, fair. Yeah. I mean, Sam's established himself as a good radio guy. But we both liked that. Like we had outside interests. So like, yeah, we. That's one of the things we talked about. Like that I have my wrestling podcast and my other stuff over here, and Jim's got stand up and the UFC podcast over here, and yeah. it's like. We come together, we do this show, and then we have this life, and we have outside lives, and the whole thing, we just bring everything and combine it all, as opposed to one thing absorbing the other. Yeah. And I think we were just both on the exact same page with that. And the shows we did were fun. Yeah. Like, we were doing shows together, and it didn't feel strange. We know each other for 10 years. I mean, it didn't feel strange or uncomfortable. It was easy. Because I always thought Sam was funny, and he was always funny on the air when we were on. And especially when Opie and I stopped clicking, per se, um, where it wasn't an aggressive, like, fuck you, it was not like that. But I was like, I would always like when Sam was in. And I thought it was a tremendous tactical error for Ope to have him go do the night show because I thought he should be on this show. Like, you, I mean, I got why they did it, but I thought Sam was funny on the show. I'm yeah. like, our show is going to be hurting without him on it. Uh, I thought it was a mistake to not have Sam on that show. It was interesting because I said this, I said this a bunch of times, and I don't know. If it's ever been received positively, but I, I, but in being a fan of Opie and Anthony, I didn't realize how integral Opie was. I didn't. I, it, it, I, when when the, when all of you guys were on the show and you guys were just clicking, I don't think I realized Opie's strength in that, in that driving it and weaving it. And then when you guys, when it was the three of you guys, and I came in, I went, "Oh, this is amazing! Like this is like <clears throat> it's but." And and I th- and I and having done Opie, I think Opie by himself has a much different energy, like a really fun. Like I really I did Opie the other day, and I had a lot of fucking fun. And and like I said to you, I said maybe I said said it to Sam, but I was like, it's good seeing you two together because I felt like, like I I, I can understand that I don't understand that Opie didn't like the chip because I was the guy who's got a kick out of chip. Yeah, I always got a chick kick out of chip. The fact that you would do it. To girl, like it started as a prank to girlfriends that you do in public. I thought that was the greatest thing in the world because I was like, "Oh, that's an inside joke that has no payoff to anybody." Right. And uh, but I thought it was cool that you guys that it 
I mean, did it happen this way? I don't I hope there's no hurt feelings. I, I hope that everyone. I always want. I don't like confrontation, so I don't like. <laughs> you know, he's. I hear. I have not heard. I've heard a few moments of his new show. And he sounded much more comfortable, like, you know, with Opie. And again, we've said this in our arguments, but there was two Opies, or I felt there was two. Yeah. The one guy who was insecure and uncomfortable, who was very hard to be around, and the comfortable Opie, who I love. Yeah. Like, that guy, like, when he was feeling comfortable, I genu- I love being around him. He's my friend. He's fun. We flow. There's, like, a nice click. Um, but I think he and he he indicated this that after a while he was uncomfortable with me and Anthony, and the chemistry we had and he felt kind of left out, and it was like it's got to be frustrating if you want your your participation or your role to be different than what it is in a live moment. It's got to be annoying. So then all these weird hurt feelings developed and this resentment, and then it happens on both sides. It's a whole thing. Yeah. But like I'm sure that in the afternoon. He's much more free flowing and enjoyable than he was with me. Just like I think I'm. It's, more, a, it's I'm, a totally different dude. I, I am different than I was with him. It's, we're just we're better off separated because it's like this. <sighs> because me and Opie, the problem with that was it was Opie and Anthony, and I was there. And then all of a sudden, the example I've used is then it was just me and him, and this brilliant, monstrous, fucking comedic force is removed. The show will never be as funny as it was with Anthony. Mm-hmm. So then we're, and it's no reflection on both of us. I mean, we just, you can't replace fucking Anthony. So then all of a sudden we're like a car on the LA freeway at the end of the fucking car chase with the sparks flying and it's ground down the access. It's coming to an ugly, uneventful halt. There's no shootout. There's no bang. It's just, yeah. and that's what it was like. So I'm, I'm happy that he's happier doing what he's doing now. I'm sure he's, he's much freer and I feel like I am too. Did you have you guys listened to him and Ant talk online? I, I heard it. Um, I had mixed feelings about it, um, only because I wished it would have happened earlier. Um, you know, I'm happy that they spoke because it was good. Just as a guy who, again, I have a, a loyalty to those guys, and I, you know, I have to. I always will. And Ant and I have remained very, very close. But I kind of wish that he had been reached out to before it was when it was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I wish it had happened four months ago. I would have felt a lot happier about it. Even yeah. if I wasn't included in it, I still would have felt happy about it. All right. Well, that makes sense. But I'm happy that they're talking and they may, they very well may wind up reuniting. I mean, I just don't know. If they decide to sit down and talk, then they will. That would be interesting. Sure. I don't, I don't know. Did you now, uh, have you guys decided to pick wars with anybody? <laughs> <laughs> Not like radio wars. going after it. yeah yeah whatever like that was the old that was like uh like I still like uh I'm, you know I'm really good friends with Cowhead yeah I love and Cowhead him and man. Bubba, Bubba love Sponge but him yes. and him is, still go at it and they're just destroying lives everywhere they go well, they're mean, right there too they're both in Tampa oh, so both in Tampa is like like I got a tweet I got mentioned in a tweet somehow and it was like uh, if my ratings are below your ratings, I will quit radio forever. It was like Bubba <laughs> against Cowhead. And I'm like, wait, is Bubba on the air? Like, But it's like, on Sirius, there's no ratings. And like, people end up fighting with each other on the same platform. And it's just like this battle of egos. Like, there's no actual thing you, that you're How do you know if over. you're doing well? Do they tell you you're doing well? Yeah, if they're, nice. they're happy with us. Because they told us they're happy with us. And that's all you, then you go, we're good. I, you know, it's funny. We think about, I, I, I'm much more concerned with how the fans feel about the show. Yeah. Uh, the, some of the hardcore fans got a little unreasonable when we when the show broke up. Was They started to hate all of us. I think because this thing they loved so much was gone. So the, I felt like <laughs> the 
tests went to Anthony. Some did, some didn't. Ant's politics lost a lot of people. Yeah, uh, sure. And it, it's it's just because no matter what side of politically you're on, you're losing half the people if you're if you're dug in. You yeah, know I, what think I mean, there's, there's a there's a large, uh, f- maybe not that large, but there's a uh, extreme fan base. Most of the pests are just kind of gone. I think. Well, did they, they grow up? Don't forget they grew up. Yeah, yeah they got they... older. And then I think there's also a fan base of people that don't listen to any of the shows anymore and just kind of fuck around on the internet. And then they all kind of splintered off into various different groups. <clears throat> like, yeah, like Reddit got very um, – I didn't go there for almost a year because they, the Amy uh, – I was very happy to, to have her on the show and talk. And they had killed her for a long time. And so They I, want her to – people want her dead. Yeah, she's become and look, look. I I understand the part of it, how it got started. There's one. I wish I would have done one thing differently. What's up? When I when I first started, I heard they were trashing her and calling her a thief with Patrice's jokes. I knew where those jokes came from. They were party jokes. Those fucking things. I knew those I'm were gonna, not Patrice's. I'm going to step in for two seconds. Sure. I don't know if you remember this, but my most famous bit when I was eight months into comedy was a donkey punch joke. Yeah. Right. It, it was a street joke. It's it, a street it, joke. It, was, it had no value to my act and the fact that i was doing it in a comedy club where real comics acted i worked i was like i was embarrassed so yeah the fact that i um so when they started saying that amy stole us from patrice i knew that she didn't steal us from patrice but i went on facebook and just made a post defending her but i wish i was a little cunty about it and i was like yeah the people saying this don't know what they're talking about with comedy or whatever and they were real comedy fans yeah. like you know what i mean i shouldn't have been cunty like i should have respected the fact that these are guys who love Patrice, and they thought, even if I didn't agree with what they thought, they weren't coming from a place of being sh- You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I kind of wish I had handled that differently uh, because they were defending a guy who uh, I love very much. So I wish I had handled that a little bit better. Um, but, you know, when I, and I went on Reddit and I posted, hey, you guys could have called in. But they, they, a lot of them took it like, well, we were working. You're taking it like you're, you're taunting us. But I'm like, no, it literally wasn't. I was letting you know. That like it was okay to call like we she would have talked to you. Yeah, they, they took it like I was motherfucking them and going, "Hey, Dick, she didn't call," but that really wasn't what I was saying. So it was like the fact that this stuff just doesn't translate. Like I'm like, if I could post this and have it misinterpreted this much, I, there's nothing I can say to make people even want to communicate. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but some of those guys are really funny, man. It, it, it's one of those things where they can be very harsh and they can be unreasonable. But some of the funniest shit comes out of there from those oh, fans. Do you remember when some you did that? Some of the most that... vicious, funny shit is from those guys. And but that's the key word is vicious. Yeah. Do you remember when uh, you debated Lindy West? I obviously. do. Obviously, yeah, well, that's course. a fucking stupid question. But uh, do you remember Lindy West then going on and doing a video, reading the replies that ultimately, and I have to say, ultimately, the pests. I think that's who. All center. Or the subreddit guys, and I think they're different than the pests. A lot of those are not pests. There was one pest one, and I'll say it's a pest one because <laughs> it made me laugh out loud. And and I'm not to I, like I have nothing against Lindy West, and I hope nothing yeah, I but what you're saying, positive. Yeah. But there was one where she was like trying to show how mean they were, and she's like, "I hope a refrigerator falls on you." <laughs> and, I just, <laughs> and I started howling, laughing, going, "That guy doesn't throw an A." They like, just <laughs> they just say mean shit sometimes. Yeah. You buffet molester, like, and you're going. That's a boss joke. <laughs> yeah, some of them are just mean, but but again, they approach humor the way I've approached it so many times. They're not. They're not. It's different when you know the people involved. Like I'm more protective of Amy because she is my friend, or a guy, or, or someone like Leslie Jones, who I know is a person. But you know what? If I didn't know them, I probably would be hitting as harshly 
You know what I mean? Because I've hit, uh, you know, I, I like would hear something that, that, you know, as a comic, I can't always think I'm right either. <laughs> like with the Ghostbusters thing. I'm like, why the fuck is everybody so mad about this? And, blah, blah, blah. and then they're like, hey, Dick, you remember when fucking Steve Martin, how mad you got when he took that? And I'm Do like, you, you know what? That? I remember that. I was fucking, I was, I was vicious. <laughs> when, when, when he did the Pink Panther, I took it very personally. So I was like, yeah, you know what? That's correct. Yeah. You're right. Like, you don't always think of that when you're saying shit. Oh, um, I called out Anthony Bourdain on Twitter the other day. Did you? Why? Because I was drunk, ultimately. <laughs> <I> was, <laughs> That's the root cause, right? The root cause, honestly, the root cause is that I've never made a product as good as his for the type of medium that we've worked in. I never have even come close. I've never been allowed to the freedom of the reins that he got. And and I always looked at him as like this, this like fucking alt fucking commerce idol fuck the money it's about the work and i and it was a fucking selfie of him on a fucking private jet and i just was like i was like tried to i don't know what i i just i just tweeted like this is the reason you should get rid of your social media or some this is disgusting I, I, anthony bourdain shouldn't be fine whatever i tried you're not a kardashian you're not fucking dj khaled or whatever i said and immediately I got lit the fuck up. And they were like, whoa, whoa, asshole. All you do is brag on everything you fucking do. <laughs> and then and they're like, and then, then I got some real, like, the legit ones, like DMs of guys I follow. And they're like, hey, man, I don't want to call you out, but fucking you do a lot of what you're complaining about. And then I, and then I Googled. I'm, a, I'm on a plane, by the way. And I Googled myself on a private jet and there's like two pictures and i'm like Aww. what a cunt i am and so i immediately like, i get it i'm drunk i'm going i'm fucking off i'm gonna i'm gonna I'm, I'm done tweeting about this and no one minds that like you know if, if we, we we i've gotten cunty tweets sam's gotten cunty and then a lot of the times the guys will email me hey could you unblock me dude i was being a cunt and i'm never i'm like yeah no problem like, because uh, Bourdain is such a good guy. He's a fucking ex heroin user. He yeah. should be dead. And now the fact is, he's a pretty real guy. He loves his MMA and his, you know, uh, the animation and stuff. He's like a pretty real guy. So, like, yeah, if he's, he's a en- good guy. If he's enjoying yeah. the fruits of his labor, as they say, fuck it. Enjoy it. But it's funny that you did that and got called out. I got called out, and then I realized we're all that cunts sometimes. I realized that two of the pictures <laughs> I had just posted were me in first class. Yeah. <laughs> we're all dicks like that sometimes. <laughs> I'm a hypocrite, if nothing else. But it's not even intentional. A hypocrite is somebody that digs in and fucking denies or disavows who they were. If we all make asshole statements that, that are inconsistent or hypocritical, it depends on how you handle them. There's been times where I've stuck to them too harshly or too rigorously because I didn't want to lose the argument. And then there have been times like stuff with that Peter Sellers, uh, Steve Martin thing where I was kind of a dick. Where I was like, yeah, you're right. I mean, that's how you guys are reacting to the Ghostbusters. I was kind of cunty about the You cunty is a fun character. It can be, yeah. It thank was, you. Man, those were those days when the truckers would call and you'd fucking light them up. And you'd be like, I remember just being in a car, driving up La Brea. Just, you know, it's this, uh, the, the small details of a story always fucking I get hung up on. I can tell you where I was at certain moments. Like, do you remember the Louis C.K. Patrice etymology of the word, uh, the N-word? Yeah. I wasn't going to help you with the word. I wanted to just see if you'd say it. Or- <laughs> <laughs> it was about the birth of the word nigger. That was where it was, right? That was yes, it was. Yes. Yeah. And, uh. And I I was driving. I was getting ready to go to tennis. I used to listen to ONA. It was the the it was after the walkover for half of the sh- time. But it was at the end of the show when they do best of clip of the day or whatever. And I'd drive to tennis every day and I'd listen to the last hour of Opie and Anthony, the last thirty minutes of Opie and Anthony. And I was driving, I was about to pull on to uh West Six and I and 
Louis was like, you know, they, uh, you know, so whatever. And I, as he said it, I fucking, I've never done, I pulled the car over and I was laughing. I pulled, <laughs> like, you know, you hear people go, sure. I had to pull over. I was laughing. I legit pulled over and was fucking howling laughing. <laughs> what, um, what, uh, what do you find, do you find in doing this, do you find yourself emulating any of the past show that you guys did? As someone working with Jim, as a fan of the show, and as someone that, like, do you find yourself going into, like, no, I mean, uh, not unless we're doing something specific, like, like we did, uh, we had Ken Bone call in, so we did the Ramon calls again, but that was almost like we wanted to do Ramon. Yeah, what was the what was the what was the whole point of Ramon? It was uh, Steve Carlisi, who was our old producer, would do these these promotions, these promos. And uh, it was like this weird man. Ramon was his houseboy. And the guy would do all this stuff, and then he would say, Ramon, <laughs> clean that up. And Ramon would always have, it was always gross and dirty. And we would always make fun of Steve because his fucking production was so misogynistic and mean and rapey. We would tease him about that. <laughs> yeah. So whenever I would do Steve from Yellowstone, Ramon, <laughs> I would say racist shit. I would say horrible shit. Because that was like, I was mocking this thing that his production I was making fun of in, in character caricature you got it no go ahead no keep working on <laughs> it what was the word uh, caricaturing of his production <coughs> and uh, it just became popular Steve C from Yellowstone Steve yeah. from Yellowstone because yeah. we always called him a bear yeah so that was really Yellowstone National Park and that was why it would always start off with good, well I really wanted to uh, that was a Steve C impression <laughs> So I was mocking the viciousness of his production. Yeah. And then the fucking fans went crazy and it caught on. And we hadn't done it for how long? Probably five, six, seven years? At least. Maybe even more. It started hurting my throat. Part of it was um, like, <laughs> like doing that. Yeah. And uh, I almost started. We talked about it before. I said, I want to Ramon him. Yeah. So like if there's something like that where it's like an old bit that's almost like a tip of the hat. Yeah. Then that's one thing. But in terms of actually like emulating shows and show styles, like... I was in it, so I wasn't, like, listening to it the same way you'd listen to it in the car for so long. And I also felt like, even when I was on the show, I was kind of a a different voice than everybody else in the room. And that's probably why so many people either liked me or far more hated me, because it was was just very, it was different from whatever was going on. And then the last year and a half doing the show separate from them, I kind of was like a cleansing of of everything where I was just figuring out just me doing a show completely independent of that. I don't want to say completely independent of that world, but completely independent of that show. Uh, And so that's where I found my voice. And that's the voice now. So I don't think I'm... I find myself emulating. Are you still living in god-awful West Nyack? Westchester. I don't live in West Nyack. I mean, that's still... Anytime you're at Levity Live, I'll yeah. be up there. <laughs> it's it's just it's real close. How far of a drive is that? That's what got to be an hour in the city every day. No, because I live like I live like a half hour train ride okay. in the city, so it's fine. I live in Scarsdale, but it's like yeah, it's like a twenty twenty five minute ride up to West Nyack for Levity Live. I remember when we did our. I think that was the first time I interviewed you was on the podcast I was doing in your hotel room in West Nyack. Oh yeah, I think you did my podcast, but you interviewed me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 Roland just got drunk. 
Ro- no, that was in New York. Oh, wait, you interviewed me on your podcast. In Nyack. And then you inter- you interviewed me again on my podcast. And that was in the city. And Roland just got drunk. And Roland brought two, like, handles or whatever. And, uh, yeah, and he got drunk and passed out on your bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The only other person to do that is, you know, Miss Pat? I do. Miss Pat came and do my podcast in Indianapolis. And she has, like, a 35-year-old son. And he came in, too. How old is she? Uh, probably 47, I'm going to guess. 45 year old son? Yeah. She was 12 when she had him? She was 13, I think. Wow. Yeah, okay. I think. Uh, and so he's like a grown man. And he came in my room, in my hotel room, and then just got in my bed under my covers and went to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> under, <laughs> the under the covers? Under the covers. I went, I was just like looking at it. And he's like, <laughs> and he's like snoring in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> I'm going to see her. I gotta see, I'm going to see her in two days. I like Miss Pat. Yeah, she's a real interesting. It's so funny watching you do stand up, though, because like. That night, I think, like, I must have seen you do West Nyack twice, unless it all happened at the same time. Because one time I went, and you brought Roland, Roland and me both. I went with Roland, Roland. and you brought us both up on stage. And you're like, now let's all take our shirts off. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. But Roland's so, like, young and impressionable that he's like, <laughs> okay. And he took his shirt off. Oh, in a heartbeat. And then we shaved his and back. And then you brought him backstage and shaved him. But I think... Either the time before that or the time after, like, you looked at, at like, me and you were like, oh, you want to go to the yard house or whatever, which is in the mall right there after the show. And I was like, yeah. And then you're like, cool. And then you went up on stage and you're like, we're going to the yard house after the show. Everybody, come on. <laughs> yeah, that's my problem. I want to I be more like Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart does, like, he'll do buyouts like a club if they want him to go to the club afterwards. He's like, yeah, yeah, 10 grand. Uh, he's been doing. Uh, yeah, the, you do an after party that you actually make money for. Black comics have been doing it for fucking years. Yeah, what did that's you, what you should do. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure Kevin gets a lot more than ten grand right now to go to a place. Oh, when was the last time you talked to Kevin? Um, we we DM'd because uh, he was supposed to do like my show with Opie, and he just did Howard and left the building. So I DM'd him on Twitter. I'm like, how come you didn't do our show? I mean, like. And then he wrote me back. He's like, "Why don't you?" He's like, "You should just text me." I didn't have his. I had his old number. I did text him. He didn't get oh, back wait, to what's me. his new one? Uh, I, <laughs> but no, he, he gave me. He's like, I had texted him. I'm like, "You didn't text me back." He's like, "You got my wrong number, stupid." And he sent me. So I don't know. I haven't talked to him in a while. Other than that, who's the most famous person that you started stand up with? Started. I would have to say Louis was ahead of me. But uh, who was in your class? Jim Florentine, Bob Lee. Oh, Bob Lee was ahead of us too. Um, you, Florentine, Pete Corielli? Yeah, I was ahead of Pete. I'm like eight years ahead of Pete, seven years. Really? Well, how long have you been doing stand-up? 26, since 1990. Oh, wow. Since I'm 21. I've been doing stand-up. Uh, it's going to be 18 years tomorrow, two, in two days. Wow. How old are you? I started, when I was 26, I started. I'm, 40, I'm 44 in three days, two, yeah, on the third. I'll um, be posting this tonight, so yeah, so I, I don't need to make up times. I'm yep. doing a surprise party for myself at the date in Funny Bone. Are you really? Yeah, I'm going to have them shut off the lights and call me <laughs> on stage. And then when I come up on stage, turn on the lights, it goes, surprise! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's going to be fun. <laughs> I don't, uh, yeah, I don't know. Louis was ahead of me. Marin was ahead of me. Colin was ahead of me. I don't know who's in my class. I mean, Florentine, a few other guys. I don't see most of them anymore. Jim Gaffigan? Yes, Gaffigan's around my time. Um, if you name guys like J.R. Havlin. Uh, he, he was a he was a, like a head writer for the Daily Show for many many years. Oh, I know who J.R. Havlin is. Yeah, Jay Moore, guys like Jay, um, Chappelle, 
a little maybe around the same time we started. Did you did you think Chappelle was like was it was it so undeniable when you first saw Chappelle? He was already well known. I'm saying we I was already five years into it, six years into it before I met Chappelle. So yeah. I've been hearing his name for years. Really. Jim Brewer, yeah, a few other guys. You having an asthma attack? No, oh. just stuffy. Jim Brewer, did you think uh, Brewer's going to take take your old seat? Um, I heard they were trying to sign him. I knew Opie wanted him, but I heard in advance that he had said no. Really? Yeah. I didn't care who took it, to be honest. Really? No. So if I show up, you'd be God bless you, and I can still your do your show, right? You sure can. <laughs> but you show up early, do your show, and then do your show, and then turn it into an hour of Bert, or four out five hours of Bert. Yeah, I, I don't. I didn't. I didn't even want. I didn't care. One of my favorite things I did on Sirius XM was a uh, was a uh, takeover playlist for the classic vinyl. <laughs> oh, it's the coolest thing! You now, loved it. Yeah, you used to do it for Ozzy, didn't you? I still do a nightly show on Ozzy's Boneyard. Cool. So- <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't know where else to go. No, sorry. Do you, but do you play music? On oh, it? yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I do a one hour show. Oh, yeah. Uh, where I just, I, you send a playlist to my email and I will uh, play your 13 songs on Ozzy's Boneyard. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, every night. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, that's fucking great. I got to pick my own playlist and I had a fucking blast. You did? And I did, uh, I did, I was like, I want to hit the post. And Danny guy, Falcone? Yeah. And and the guy was like, nah, oh. you won't be able to. Why don't you just cut them and I'll plug them in so they hit the post? Yeah. And I was like, oh, good call. Yeah. But by the way, that's how every DJ does it. Really? Yeah, serious? Yeah. Oh. It's all bullshit. Who's, uh, who do you think, like, who do you think's running serious besides Howard? Is Sway like a big name over there? Yeah. I mean, Sway's a big name. I don't, here's the thing that's weird about Sirius. And Sway gets a lot of listeners. Are we going out live right now? Yeah. Oh, cool. Mike Halder just tweeted the photo. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Oh, hey, hey. Cow- oh, I'd say call my phone, cowhead. I can go offline. <laughs> Sway is uh, Sway's awesome. And, I mean, when you have a guy who's doing a daily morning show that also interviews the president and the candidates and all these people, I'd say that's a pretty, that's a pretty good look. But in terms of just, like, radio audience, I don't think that anybody's coming close to Howard. Really? How many listeners do you think he has? I don't know. I have no way of judging. Did he, just a sidebar, did he fire like Richard Christie and all those guys? No, they're still all there. Okay, okay. I think so. Because I saw Richard Christie online and it didn't say, his profile didn't say anything about Howard. I don't know. Maybe that's another thing. But I I saw Richard, Richard and Sal both, I've seen them very recently. I love Sal. I see him. I like Richard too. I see those guys a lot. I like Richard. I like, yeah, I like all those guys. Richard is like, (laughs) the last time I saw him, it was literally like last week or something. We were in the elevator bank, and it was Richard Christie and John Hine were talking to each other, and I was just taking the elevator up, and I was like, oh, hey, guys, how's it going? Hey. And they went back to their conversation, and I just kind of waited for the elevator, and there was a pause, and Richard just looks at me, and he goes, we're talking about football. <laughs> I was like, cool, cool, Richard. I appreciate that you wanted to be inclusive in that. <laughs> it, I did. Uh, I was doing. I don't know what I was. It you that I was with, but I was in Sirius XM, and they said, "Hey, do you want to go back and see Howard's uh, uh, studio?" And I was like, "Yeah." I was excited. I forget who I was with. I wish I could remember. So they took me back to Howard's. I've stu- never seen it. Studio. You've never seen it? Oh, I have. It's so embarrassing, though. E Rock had a friend up. This was years. This is like when we first got to Sirius. E Rock had a friend up from like Z100 or something, and he had organized a tour of Howard's thing but I didn't know he had like organized a whole tour and he just grabs me right before he goes hey Sam you wanna go see Howard's studio 
And I was like, yeah, I guess. And he's like, okay, come here. And like without me realizing it, I jumped on the back of this guy's <laughs> tour of the Howard thing. And like there's a guy giving a tour of the studio who I work with every day who obviously knows <laughs> that I'm not like a fan who came up and like works for Z1. Yeah. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing here? Yeah. And I was like, Ugh. are you embarrassed? Yeah. I was like, E-Rock, why would you lead me here? This is so <laughs> And E-Rock was like, Cause I thought it'd be cool to see the studio. I, like, I would only want to see it if I was being shown it. But like if Howard and Robin knew I was seeing it, yeah, they would feel. So I don't want to sneak in there and peek at someone else's fucking studio. It's creepy. I mean, it's yeah. an amazing studio. Yeah, I'm sure it's great. It, I I did the. T- I don't know. Them, they're paying them a million a year, though. I mean, it's you know, it's worth it. Are they paying? First, <laughs> <laughs> is trying to do the math in his head real quick. A million a year? Yeah, that's pretty good. Hey, Wait, <laughs> I'm making as much as Howard. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, after taxes, so so, so uh, no, but I I don't remember what I was doing, but it was uh might have been like a like a, a press tour at SiriusXM, and they're like, hey, do you want to go see Howard Studio? And I was like, oh, of course. I I was never like I grew up in Florida, so Ron Bennington was the only person right at SiriusXM that I knew, and then Opie and Anthony, and then I never really like I didn't have Sirius, I had XM, so I never listened to Howard, and then when he Mashed up. I listen to Howard every now and then. So I go in, and they're like, uh, and I see Richard Christie and the whole all the guys over there, and they know me, and they're like, and we're all just bullshitting. And then they go, "Come on, we'll go in." So we go into the studio, and then whoever was with me was like, "Hey, hey, 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 do you want me to get a picture of you on the couch, like like he's interviewing you?" And I was like, "No, <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> terrible." And I was like, and "Who am I, like, his aunt?" <laughs> <laughs> he goes, "You sure?" And I go, "Yeah, I don't ever want to sit on that couch unless I'm being interviewed." Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah fuck, exactly. That's like some, that's something somebody's aunt does. Go, go ahead, Nana, sit over there. I'll pretend you're on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "Can I get in his chair?" <laughs> I was like, well, that's the only picture I want is me behind his chair. I really want Jim to get booked on the show, on Howard's show. Do you think that would happen? No, I would do it, but I don't I don't see it. No, because I think the times I've met him, he's been very cool. Like, I think he likes me, but I, it's... You Have know, you met him? Yeah, in the hallway we've talked, and I met him at the Apollo, and he, uh, I, I introduced myself to him. He was walking by one day. I was, I was like, hey, I'm Jim Norton. And he goes, oh, I know who you are. And he chatted. He's like, yeah, you're funny. He was very nice. And he said, uh, Beth said you were really nice to her, his wife. He said, that was, I appreciate that. He was, you know, because I had never shit on her or been nasty to her on the air or anything. And uh, she had me on her show years ago when she did it with Steve Sharippa. So. On FX. Uh, I don't remember the channel. It was like a, they'd pretend to play poker and they'd intro movies or something. I think so. Yeah, but she I did was that. really sweet. She so. was very sweet. I did that show too and she was super nice. And we took a picture together and she, and she goes, no mustaches on it. Like she was being really nice, but she was going, please don't. Like, and I was like, no, no, I'm not. What do you mean, no mustache? Like, she meant, it? like, don't, like, tweet it out and do anything bad to it, but she was trying to say it nicely. Like, she was asking me, because she knows the ONA fans can be kind oh, of crazy. Oh, I was like, no, oh, no, no, no. Oh, I'm not I see what you're saying. Um, but she was really sweet. And uh, so, yeah, I don't think you would have me on just because I've been lined up with people. Like, him and Opie and Anthony didn't get along. Him and Leno didn't get along. And I'm associated with those people. Yeah. Um, and plus, he may not think I'm uh, a big enough comic to be on the show. But so I don't see it happening. Yeah. I mean, well, why I don't would you know. like to see me get booked on it? I think I'm not going to get booked on an interview. Oh, okay. Yeah. What's, oh, because you so you can go in too? Yeah, I would go in the fucking dressing room and be like, yeah, I'll just wait here in the dressing room. I just want to see how it works. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like as somebody who spent so long behind the scenes at a show, like I want to see what his infrastructure is like. Really? That would yeah, that would interest me. To I, know. I'm amazed at the preparation for the interviews. 
you know, they do good preparation, his, his people. They're very good. And I'm sure he prepares. He does a lot of the work. No, no, but I'm yeah. saying that the yeah. whole... It's very well organized the way they do the behind the scenes stuff, and it's just well put together. His interviews, and I, I was saying this to, I was saying this to Ellis this morning. His interviews are like he makes people I don't want to hear sound really fucking interesting. Yeah, like I'm not, I'm not not anti Gwen Stefani at all. I don't know anything about Gwen Stefani, but the la- I definitely not- don't want to listen to her right. talk about herself or her life at all. Man, but she's on there, and all of a sudden I'm fucking riveted. Going, God damn it, man! I, I should download some Gwen Stefani. Yeah. I would, I would, I would have loved to have done the show. I don't, I'm not saying that I could, would never do the show. I would love to do the show, but uh, I'm the wrong personality to do that show. I think I got a pre-interview one time. Like they wanted me to do the show, and they called for a pre-interview. And in the pre-interview. I told every secret I'd try to keep away from radio. <laughs> I was like, I totally talk about this. Uh, if you want to talk about the Tracy Morgan story, I'll talk about that. If you want to talk about Jay Moore, I'll talk about that. I was like, all this shit that I, I, I try to stay away from. And it's I was like, I'll tell it all. Pure desperation. Uh, oh, it was like, I literally, because like, there's just a little bit of silence. The guy was like, uh, okay, well, we'd like to have you on, but like, uh, well, you know what? What do we? What? Where? What avenues do you think Howard would be interested in? And I was like, well. And I told him, like, when I was 22, I got involved with the Russian Mafia and robbed a train, and then I fought a bear, and I was tame lions, and I've jumped out of airplanes with Rachel Ray, and this and that. And then he just didn't respond. And oh. I was like, oh, this is a no. And then I was like, I'll totally tell this. Like, and but in actuality, he's just typing. He's just typing. He's had you called the them, or did you? they call you? They called me. You know Meredith from Philly? Yes. Meredith Trotter. I want to say it's Meredith Trotter. Meredith Trotter and Helium. Yeah. yeah, I saw her this week. She called me. She said, I got a line on, the, they want you on Stern. And I was like, really? And they were like, yeah, it was right when, it was right when podcasting took off, and and I and it was like, <laughs> if I've ever, do you ever Google Trends yourself? No. Oh, me either. Then <laughs> <laughs> it's a, I Google Trends myself. It's probably like like what my biggest spike is right when podcasting took off, and I told all these crazy stories, and I had a documentary coming out about me, and my book was coming out, and Meredith just hit me up and was like, hey, they're they're interested, they're gonna do a pre interview, and we did a pre interview, and then. That was and that. just yeah, went away. I guess I, I guess I sounded too desperate. I don't what'd know. What did they say? Uh, they never called me back. But that's you know I'm, I'm that I'm not good at that kind of interview. Like right. I like I like fucking around. You know I like uh, I like fucking around doing. I like doing radio. I don't know if I like being interviewed per se. Yeah, like about me because I just like I did the unmasked and I went told way too many that I cared not to tell. You did. Oh, at one point I could see Ron being like, "Hey, don't you?" Have some fucking pride. <laughs> I was like, no, it's so funny. I mean, just now sitting here, you were like, you know what, brother Weez and I don't get along. Let's just leave it at that. And Jim was like, well, why not? And you're like, well, since you asked, <laughs> I have no fucking edit button. No. That's great though. That's why you're a good comic. That's oh. part of it. You're not holding back. You're not fake. It's good. I cannot hold back. I don't like fakeness. I, you know, I was in the when one of my things that I connected with. Not, I mean, I said connected with, but one of the things I love. Uh, I, I still love about you is your sheer brutal honesty about everything. But you had that when you were on stage when you were younger. And so did like everyone had this brutal honesty about like, this is who I am. These are all my dirty parts. These are where the scabs are. And I think I love that. And I, I do this thing now. I do this. Um, Ralphie was like, oh, it has to be a bit. Where if, sometimes if I'm fuck, fucking around, I'll tell a secret i'll just tell a secret about something that i've never told anyone on stage and i go secret time and i'll just tell a secret and then i end up telling 
fucking people horror like about the time I got the clap and <laughs> and everyone's just like it's just like the time I thought I got genital warts and soaked my dick and balls in a bowl of vinegar and watched Quantum Leap like but uh but I love that about comedy because I, I go the one thing I feel like it does is it makes people that have problems feel like hey that guy's got the same like you know what I mean sure like sometimes people say to me are you ready to get married you know what I'll say I'll take a dramatic pause and I'll say I'm married to the lady comedy ugh <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> that's so bad. Yeah, I think that's wasn't in the Johnny Carson voice. Oh, yeah. I listened I, to you guys this I morning. Did you hear him do the Johnny oh, Carson out late? Four oh five. I think that's from Punchline. Actually, um, I think that's from Punchline. No, no. The old, there's some guy said the lady comedy. I, I don't know why I'm. From he was doing it all last night. Like we were walking by, he's like, you know, it's just another Tuesday night. No, but I said it much funnier. There was, I said, uh, look at this, a bunch of people in costumes running around half naked. Just another Monday night in L.A. <laughs> it's a I fucking mean, hit. Oh, it's yeah. A Johnny Car- it's a bad Johnny Carson. It's not Johnny Carson. It's not. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Johnny Carson was much different. Uh, then we had Carrie Keegan in, and I was like trying to lead him into that impression. He just stopped doing it. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't. Like a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know what this fool's talking about. Oh, my God, your breasts are nice. <laughs> yeah. Who, wait, who's Carrie Keegan? She's a, a large-breasted uh, television host. Yeah, she's very sweet. She's got a book coming out. She's going to be on Celebrity Apprentice this year. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. With Arnold? Yeah. Hey, who, I, saw, I saw men and women with falsies just another day in church here in L.A. <laughs> and then he got like, he got like <laughs> on the 405. Here in LA. Like, yeah, <laughs> we know where you are, dude. It's the way to do it. No, it's not the way to do it. Wait, what? That, that's my favorite part about the two of you is not not the character, not you laughing, is that you trying to lead him into him, and he, and he just has no clue. He goes, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, right, Chippa? <laughs> no. Okay, it's always Get a it, disappointment. Forget the, it. The, uh, like a year into comedy, I'm at the cellar, Geraldo's at the bar. And I'm trying to talk to Geraldo and he's drunk. And Jim is standing right to the side of me. And I can't get the bartender's attention. And I tried to say to Geraldo, what's his name? And Geraldo was not replying to me. And I looked over to Jim. I go, Jim, what's his name? And he goes, oh, it's Steve. And I went, okay, Steve, (laughs) Steve. And I knew the guy. I'd been drinking at that bar for a while. Steve, Steve. And the guy just turned around and goes, it's Tim. And I went, (laughs) and and Jim has just turned around. Like, do you understand, like, when you go out to eat with Jim, like, I've just already established that if I have to get up to use the bathroom and I don't know where it is and I know Jim knows where it is, I'm better off just wandering around the restaurant because I'm going to be given the wrong directions. Yeah, yeah. You never, you never give I your have. friend – anyone that's got skinny legs and hips like Sam, you skinny, never give the right directions. Like it's always Sam. fun to watch your friends lost. He was on the plane like yesterday just drifting in and out of character the entire six-hour flight. And like I, you never know – like the, 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 we were sitting in, in JetBlue and the lady comes and she gives you like a box of lotions or whatever. In mint. In mint. And she gives you a box of lotions. And like, <laughs> he passed gas again. <laughs> you never know if Jim is just going to be like, oh, thank you and kind of brush it off. Or if it's going to be this big thing that you're just like, oh. And so like she gives me a little box of lotions and I go, wait, 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 tell him what I said. I'm about to. <laughs> and he goes, and I go, oh, thank you. And Jim is sitting there, not even in character, by the way, with his stupid jet blue blanket on up to his midriff <laughs> covering his legs. He's got his, his blindfold on on his forehead. So he just, and nobody else is using the blanket or anything. And, but he's not doing a bit. That's what, just how he travels. Yeah. 
And she goes like, here you go. And Chip just looks at her and goes, how much? <laughs> yeah. How much is that? She goes, she goes, what? Well, excuse me? And he goes, how much is it? She goes, it's complimentary. Oh. <laughs> just, it really is fun just to make you. Like on the car ride, like it's so, this is how it's, a, you know, it's a mental illness and Jim isn't really in control. He's not in full control of it. Yeah. Because he's not, it's not like he's in a mood where he's like, oh, I'm feeling goofy. I'm going to be chip. Like he was going back and forth. We were in the car, and you know they closed. What was it? They closed Santa Monica Boulevard. Yeah, they closed. Uh, oh God! You know it was uh, police all around, and uh, you know traffic bumper to bumper. Just a typical weekday here in LA. <laughs> it's not even a joke. <laughs> but we're in a car driving us from the airport. And, like, Jim is getting frustrated with the guy because they cut off the thing, and so it's taking way longer. The guy was not doing a good job. The guy didn't know where he was going. Now he was lost. But Jim kept going, like, oh, we should have made that turn. We should have made that turn and being, like, you know, kind of annoyed. And then if a car cut us off, like that. He'd go from annoyed to going, damn! Yeah, it's just, <laughs> just into Chip immediately. Just Chip reacting to stuff. And I'm like, you were annoyed a minute ago. How could you just <laughs> shift One is happy, one is upset. Um, yeah, it's kind of, it, it really is. I need a relationship. You think when that's was what last, it is? When was your last relationship? 2011. How many comics have you dated? One. That's it? One. Just her? Just one. That was it. I've, really? Uh, yeah. Um, we broke up 2006 or seven. Well, it might have been the beginning of 08. We dated for like a year and a half. And, uh, it's just... I'm friend. I have so many female comic friends that I like that my friends. Kelsey Cook is one of them. Kelsey's a very good Kelsey friend. Kelsey is supposed to. When I were going to do that, make I was going to do the makeup show with her, but I'm never home long enough. It's fun. She's she, and she's funny too. She just wants some roast battle thing. Like Kelsey is a funny, I funny like act. Kelsey. And but I like my relationships with female comics. They're all friendships because it's the one time I feel truly healthy around women is female comics because I really love them for the right reasons. Like, I mean, you know, some of them are really hot, but I really enjoy their humor and their personalities, and I don't have all, you know what I mean? It's nice. Yeah. It's not that I don't like other girls like that, but I know when I'm on the road with a, a female comic, like who was my friend and my opener, if she's going to come in and we're going to watch the comeback at one in the, the morning in my hotel room, I'm literally going to say goodnight at the end of it and not try to fuck her, and she's not there for any weird reasons. I could never it, do it that. It feels normal yeah. no. and healthy. No, if I worked with, if I... If if I started taking a girl on the road with me, I'd probably develop a crush on her at some point. Really? Yeah. But would you I, have to act on it, or could you just live in the crush? Uh, no. You'd That's act the same in my new book, Live in the Crush. That's so, that live spell, in the Crush. I live in the Crush, I'm spelling it with a K. Ooh. Oh, so cool and edgy. Yeah, it's like, you know what I mean? I wanted to go back to like the early uh, 80s days of hip-hop. Crush groove. Yeah. Jess is so like nice. Like My wife's like, just her default is is niceness, which I don't understand at all she just automatically assumes the best yep. in everybody and Obviously. like whenever we <laughs> whenever we bring up jim though she goes like even if it's somebody else like my dad's like you know oh, and how's jim doing i'm like oh it's really good we're doing a show together and jess goes you know he's good but he really needs a relationship he just wants a relationship right now and i'm like jess what are you talking about <laughs> she's probably about? right though jess knows well how about jess she's steps up to the plate and mentions me to a friend i told her not to why <laughs> because you're not a healthy boyfriend i am a healthy boyfriend oh jess my god <laughs> jim would be the best parallel dating like if my wife had a best friend and they introduce each other and then after the breakup you get all the gossip 
Yeah. Oh, oh that would be amazing. That would be like finding Capone's fault yeah. and there's being something in it. Yeah. Because well, you, want... you know, like, all the public stuff about Jim is scratching <gasps> the, the surface. surface. <laughs> oh, the He's like, surface. Jim's like, you know, I don't have, you know, I'm honest about everything. So I'm like, no, you're not. You're scratching the surface. Be, I, no, no, I admit there's things I don't say, though. I, I admit there's things I don't say, sure. Yeah. But I'm honest about who I am. Like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not yeah. some fake pretending. Of course, there's details I don't give out. But there's nothing, most things I don't say are to protect people I've dated. Like to protect their anonymity or their privacy. There's very little I've shielded myself from. There's some, sure. Yeah. But nothing that would ruin me. I would love that. Yeah. Yeah, That's actually such a great point. Nah, there's nothing. All that post-relationship gossip. You know why it's Even Even if you just got tips on how he fought, like the things he would say when they fought, I'd be so interested in all of it. Yeah. Yeah, this it's weird. Anthony Weiner, Elliot Spitzer was had shocked because they paint themselves one way. Right. I don't paint myself one way. No. I'm already seventy yards in. Yeah. So, so when I hit the end zone, you're not shocked. Like with those guys, we're at the fucking one yard line. You're like, oh my god, I can't believe that's who you were. But me, you're like, hey, you didn't tell us that and that, but we kind of knew who you were anyway. But there's nothing yeah. monstrous in it. <laughs> there's nothing. Um, there's nothing in it that I think would cause people to dislike me who already like me. There's nothing in it that would cause me to go to jail. There's nothing in it. That, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm very grateful for the fact that as much as it's gone, how it's gone, um, there's nothing I'm terrified of having uncovered. Nothing. Yeah, there's nothing. I mean, there's, <clears throat> I think, there's there's probably tons of videos of me saying horribly sexist, homophobic subtly racist things in college you know when you're young and you're just exploring personalities and you're trying to be tough that's the only thing that i think i'd ever be guilty of but mostly i don't cheat on my wife i don't i like i i I, like there's got to be i'm sure there's strip club videos of me that could go viral where they'd be like "Ooh," but even so it's like what like would they would anybody really be surprised it's like you've kind of made your reputation on being a fun guy to party with thanks i uh not you (laughs) I uh, I came out of a strip club. There's a strip club in Cleveland uh, at the Improv. You ever do the Cleveland Improv? I have not. Uh, there's a, pl- a strip club there that is like I I at one point I was, was like I think this is where you could consider this cheating on your wife. Like <laughs> this is totally like, and I was like I had to stop her. Be like, hey, you know, I I appreciate your intention, but I'm married. She's like, it's just a strip club, and I was like, nah, what you're doing. Where I think you're going is the angle where it, it you get in trouble. Yeah, you're leaving a slug trail on my face. <laughs> yeah, you're leaving a racing stripe from my forehead to my belt. And so I walked out of the strip club, and as soon as I got out of the strip club, these ladies went, "Oh my god! Oh my god! It's Bert the Conqueror! Oh my uh, god!" And they're like, "My kid loves your show!" And I was like, "Oh yeah. fuck!" Yeah. I did the same. It happened in two strip clubs, that one and one with Brett Ernst in West Palm. We went in and the strippers recognized me. And they all came off stage, put on their street clothes and got, went outside to take pictures with me. And I just was like, nah, I don't want my kids ever seeing me at strip clubs. That's where I, I come from is I don't want my kids seeing certain stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think I have too much of a – I know there's going to be footage. If someone can get footage of the WikiLeaks of my camera of me jacking off. If Right. You were saying that I think last time that you were – Listening, I think you were talking about the Patrice Memorial show oh, yeah, 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 yeah. when you were listening to that on the computer, but watching porn on mute and jerking off. And so the the, All you'd see the is, WikiLeaks tape of you is just you jerking off to 
Patrice being dead. But like That's I've never, still funny. never put a bandaid over that. Like a, like I covered it. I've still never. Covered I always it. intend to do that too. And I mu- and I must have. What? How many days wrong? I joke off every single day on the road. Right. And so there's just sometimes twice a day. If I'm, yeah, I always mean to do that, and I never do. They should. Mark Zuckerberg does it when Mark's and he does it over the mic too. What? Puts really? a little piece of black tape over the webcam and the mic. Holy does shit! When? All the time. Like there was just a, a photo of Mark Zuckerberg at Facebook, and he's just like posing for the camera. And you can see his laptop, and there's a black tape over the camera and a black tape across the mic on the side. Wait, does he do that uh, when it's on, when it's not when it's turned off? No, just, yeah, always. He just leaves it that way. A lot of people, especially people who know about tech, just leave a strip of tape over their webcam always. Well, there's not much people can see. It's just me jerking off. Whoever wants to watch that, God bless. Well, yeah, but that, that, that could, that might fuck with my career because it's I'm sitting crisscross applesauce, oh. and I'm and I'm just, and it's just my gut. And like, and I have you gut, jerk and off. I have like sitting. Oh, people will be surprised to see you looking unpleasant naked. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> it is weird that you said Indian style and jerk off. Crisscross really? applesauce. Crisscross yeah. applesauce. You said crisscross and jerk off. Yeah. What a creep. And that is weird. A, and I put a towel over my leg, like a over my legs, like a loincloth. That's almost. your. That, is that your 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 his costume. your ritual? His yeah. ritual. Yes. I was talking to someone the other day. Oh, please! I wish I could remember who this is. And they were saying that what they do is they jack off and then catch it with a, uh, with um, a, oh, it was, uh, it was, um, it was, uh, fucking Dave Smith. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he was saying he jacks off and he catches it. Like he, he shoots it and, ca- and catches it. And I was like, oh, when I have an orgasm, I need my body to be completely in Zen mode. Like I need, I can't have like, yeah, I can't no. be trying to catch something. Right, right. Yeah. You're relaxed. Oh, oh. like, <laughs> Like, yeah. Although that would be a good orgasm is as you went to masturbate, someone tossed you a football right yeah. as you came. You're like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what else is planned for the week? I'll let you guys. We got, we've done an hour piss. and a half. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That went by pretty quick. That went we, by really quick. Yeah. We got uh, tonight. I have dinner with my manager and uh, one of my exes who's my friend. will have some dinner and talk deals. Yeah. Talk deals. Talk business. Talk turkey. And you know, I'll feel I'm going to go to the gym as soon as we get back. I'm going to shit and go to the gym. The gut looks actually bigger than it was this morning. It couldn't. What's going What's on the list for you? What do you want to do? What's in your shooting a special in December? What's the name of it? Do you know the name yet? A uh, mouthful of shame. Probably. Yeah. Um, hopefully be out in March, February. And I'm um, leading up to that. I'm actually going to take a little bit of time to just do new stuff. So the, the beginning of my act now is so much different than it was at the start of the tour. Probably 20 minutes is different. 25 minutes is different than it was when I started. And I love that it's different than when I started. Because now I don't feel like I'm doing the same material for two years. Yeah. Like there's certain things that have been it in there. It takes two years for you to do an, uh, no, a special? I was, I was ready in a year. Yeah. It's better now than it was. It's better. And it feels right. I finally got the opening few lines. Yeah. One night by accident. I was like, ah, oh, finally. <clears throat> yeah. That's why you keep doing it. Because it was fucking not opening strong. And now I really feel good about the opening. That's great. So, yeah, that's all. I want to do that. I want to, my show with Sam. Where I'm enjoying a lot. Um, I never want to go out and do press with other people. It's always me doing it by myself. But with Sam, I was like, let's go do stuff. Uh, I'm happy to be doing it with him. So I, I think that we'll have a, a, a fun time doing the other podcast. It's like, and I'm not being Pete positive, but I'm really fucking having fun. Are you guys going to, do you think you guys would do live shows together? Yeah, we, we want to. Sure. We were already talking about that. Really? Yeah, yeah, we really yeah. want merchandise? to. Merchandise? Are we talking merchandise? We do what? some merch. On Chatterbait. <laughs> <laughs> Not merchandise I don't care about. I mean, who the fuck? If there was something funny and they wanted to put it out and we, you know, we could make that, sure. But I don't give a fuck about that. Yeah, we want to do live shows. I had Jim at, because uh, I did a few live shows when I was doing the night show. And I had Jim at, at the Samiversary show. Ugh. It was fun. It was he a lot was, of fun. Except for the name. <laughs> 
Samiversary? Yeah, it's the first anniversary of Sam Roberts show. What oh, else are you gonna call it? That's, I get it. I thought it was for sandwiches. No, no. It's just Sam Roberts pissed my pants. All right, let's wrap so this up. Great. When when is this airing? Uh, tonight. I will be on Friday at the Melrose Improv, the fourth. Okay. My only set in L.A. and uh, then I get a bunch of other stuff coming up Fort Lauderdale and a whole bunch of other shit. So check me out and whatever. Are you going to be running the hour you're doing in December? Oh yeah, that's what I'm doing. Nice. So if you guys want to see Jim's uh, hour. Head out to the Melrose Improv Friday night. I will be in. Uh, I'm throwing my surprise birthday party on the third, fourth, fifth in Dayton, <laughs> and then I'll be in the sixth. I'm in. Uh, I'm in this. I'm in New York the sixth and the seventh. Are you guys back in the city? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll see you. I'll be swinging by XM. I'm sure. Swing by. You know, I'm big. I'm a heavy heater. Yeah, yeah header, header, heavy fucking, heater. Never mind. <laughs> heavy header. No, I'm. I'm doing a satellite tour out of New York, so I might be there doing it. Um, and then your show airs. 10 o'clock, 8 a.m. No, 8 to 11. 8 to 11. Monday Eastern. through Friday. Eastern. Yeah. Big so Apple out, time. Out here, 6 a.m. 5. To 5 a.m. 5 a. to 8. 5 a.m. to 8 a.m. Are you sure? You're terrible at, the, at math, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, quite positive. <laughs> All right. Uh, I appreciate you guys doing this. Enjoy the rest of L.A. Any... Uh, any any imparting par- words about L.A.? Imparting? <laughs> you mean... Any more? Any any uh about L.A. And, and L.A. Yeah. <laughs> He's trying. <laughs> Bird's trying no. to set you up. But he doesn't know how to do it. Um, no, I did notice though. <laughs> uh, I saw crazy floats and people screaming in the street. Yeah, well, um, wasn't it Halloween? Yeah. <laughs> 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 it was cool. Thank you guys for doing this. Thank you, Love you guys. This episode was brought to you by the machine.